Hello and welcome to the Fearless Man Podcast. This is a show where we talk about everything that God wants us to remember to do as a husband, a father, a friend, a leader, and even a chef in the kitchen. Don't miss it. Share with your friends and I'll see you on the podcast. This is your host, Andy Falco Jimenez. Hello, my friends. This is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. And uh, we have 12 days, at least at the time of this recording. If you're if you're listening on uh, the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is you're listening to, um, the the um, it may be different. But uh, uh, as of today, October 27th, 12 days until election, when we are going to at least here in Yorba Linda decide on two fearless men. Uh, one by the name of Todd Frazier, one by the name of Rich Engel, who we hope to get elected onto our local school board. And uh, I know you're saying, uh, why are you talking about school boards when this is the Fearless Man podcast? Because men need to get involved and be involved in what's happening in our world. I, I believe much of the reason why we are in the predicament that we are in in this world, um, especially here in the United States, is that uh, men have uh, stepped aside or gone silent or felt intimidated by the world and uh, believe that it's no longer um, uh, good, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why, because I, I don't know that I've ever stopped myself, but uh, I know that there's fewer of us out there that are, that are men that are fighting uh, for what is right for our uh, wives and our children and our families. And... Um, and I'm going to read you uh, from an article uh, that I found in this book called Take It Back. Uh, uh, I will share a little bit more about this book. The, the link for this book is in uh, the description. So if you uh, want to get this book, I would recommend it. It's a fantastic book by uh, Dr. Tim Clinton. Unfortunately, his last name is Clinton, but, uh, but either way, he writes a good book. Tim does. <laughs> Tim writes a great book. Tim Clinton. I just lost my, that's, I just lost my marker. There we go. Um, and so I'm going to read a little bit from this book and then from the article. Uh, the article is entitled Five, Five Reasons Masculinity is Increasingly Coming Under Attack in America. This is written on, in January uh, 19th of 2019. Uh, which is still true, if not more true today. Um, but uh, wow, we, we are clearly under attack. Uh, there is a, a whole um, section of society that would see, love to see nothing better uh, than men no longer have a, an impact on what's happening in our world, that uh, we go into a hole and stick our head in the sand and, uh, and not protect uh, our families and our children and our wives, because uh, they believe that the nuclear family is evil and disgusting, and it is the thing that's holding them back from socialism, communism, Marxism, whatever, whatever it is that you want to um, to throw in there that uh, totally destroys uh, our world. Nowhere in the United States, nowhere in our, not the United States, nowhere in our in our world, and nowhere in our history has uh, socialism ever worked. Um, and uh, and yet you have a section of even here in the United States of people that uh, want uh, our country to go into a socialist state. Um, but let me read um, from the beginning of chapter two, which is also entitled Men Matter. I had my glasses here somewhere and apparently I lost them. Hopefully I can read this. Oh, they're there <laughs> with, uh, with my glasses. Here we go. 
Uh, and this is a quote from Roderick Hairston that says, when a man lives up to his role, life-giving things start to happen. Every family and societal problem can get better when a man knows how to fulfill his role and takes action. In life, we men cannot afford to blow our assignments. It's not merely a team that is counting on us. It's all of society. Wow. That is, it's one of my favorite quotes. I'm not sure who Roderick is, but I'm going to look him up because uh, that is an amazing quote and uh, is so true. Uh, it has been since uh, men, the, the, the idea that a, a toxic masculinity is bad, that it is wrong, that even the American Psychological Association um, thinks that it's harmful masculinity. And uh, so many other um, universities, quite possibly, and um, um, what, what would be seemingly important organizations in the past have now become the enemy of men, uh, believe that toxic, that masculinity is toxic and that it should be eradicated from our world. So let me go ahead and read from this book and, uh, and then I'll get to the article that it, that it references. But again, the book that I'm reading from is called Take It Back. It's by Dr. Tim Clinton. Uh, and Max Davis. Sorry, I always forget old Max down there. Um, but as we are talking about, um, you know, the election coming up and school board meetings, that kind of stuff. One of the areas, uh, especially that it seems that men uh, take a back seat to um, mothers or women is in relationship to the education of our kids. And what I love seeing is the men that are showing up at the school board meeting. And again, I, I brought up these names, Todd Frazier and Rich Engel, is that these are men that are running for our school board here at the Placentia Yorba Unified School District. And that, um, it, 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 that that addition of these two men, in addition to Sean uh, Youngblood, who has already been elected onto the board, uh, another great godly man, that... Um, we will bring the strength and this this masculinity and the strength and fearless courageousness that needs to be uh, in a seat at a school board meeting. They need to be the ones that are fighting against the teachers unions. They need to be the ones that are fighting against the uh, the school district and the universities. In this area, it's Cal State University Fullerton and Chapman University who are trying to put teachers into our school system here in the school district that are destroying our children and not involved in education, but they're involved in indoctrination and trying to teach children that they could be another sex or even an animal, uh, that um, that pornography is good. Uh, there's a book at the Yorba Linda High School, which is in our school district, that says that uh, pornography is good and fun. It also talks about, uh, uh, and I hope that there's no children listening, I'm sorry, but it talks about sexual positions and, and fisting and sexting and all these kinds of things that sh the children should look into. This is a book that's in the Yorba Linda High School that can be checked out by any kid without parents' knowledge that is uh, saying that peeing on another uh, person is sexy. And so we need men. It's not that the women can't do the job, but I'm just telling you, men also need to have a hand in taking these school districts back from the teachers' unions and these universities that are trying to put indoctrination into our schools instead of educating we want schools to be about education. It's so important. Um, but uh, getting back to the book here, sorry, I got sidetracked. Um, uh, it says here in um, this chapter, this is chapter two entitled Men Matter. Uh, and it says, according to history, men are the scale tippers, the spurs that get the horses moving, the rudders that turn ships and the protectors. Without the influence of strong masculine men, society goes astray. 
John Hawkins wrote in his article, Five Reasons Masculinity is Increasingly Coming Under Attack in America. The very traits that the APA, American Psychological Association, says are so harmful are the same traits that built the entire world. If anything, saying that 98% uh, of the great industrialists, scientists, generals, inventors, heroes, and leaders have been men with traditional masculine values is an understatement. Who created the Constitution? Who won every war America has ever fought? Who put men on the moon? Who built the internet? You're reading this article on men with traditional masculine values. When you say that is unhealthy or that we don't need them anymore, you are thorough, thoughtlessly, sorry, thoughtlessly dis discarding the engine that built almost the entirety of civilization. And uh, this, this portion of this chapter of the book uh, talks about, oops, so sorry, talks about a scene in uh, Saving Private Ryan uh, where um, the, 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 the main character who was saved because his other brothers were also in the war, World War II, um, that I, I believe that maybe even some of them died in, in Normandy, um, that uh, they were sent to save this one man because the, they didn't like having um, both siblings or all the siblings in the same war because they didn't want a family to lose um, you know, uh, a, a man in their family. Um, you know, all the men in their family. So if there were two siblings or three siblings, they would say, well, we only, we're only going to take one to war and, and send them over there. And so they were trying to get this one uh, man out uh, who was fighting in the war. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the actual story. But anyway, he, he made it out, um, the, the main character. And at the end, he wanted to know if he mattered. If, if all the people that died trying to save him, because many other men died trying to get him out of World War II, that he was saying, if all these people went to this effort to save me, and, and in fact, some of them died, and now he's an old man at the end of the, of the movie, he's wondering if, if he did them um, you know, honorably by living in a way that honored the fact that they went there to save him to make sure that he did not die. And so he was questioning, I believe it was his daughter in that last scene. Uh, I was going to show the scene, but I couldn't find one that... Uh, the volume uh, was uh, sharp enough to, to hear what was being said. But um, I think that's that's important. Um, I think that's important for every young man. I'm going to I'm going to make sure and read this chapter to my kids. I got three boys that are uh, nine, 12 and 16 and say at the end of your life, you, you want to know that you mattered. You want to know that whatever um, you decided to do it with your life, that it was life changing. It was what God would have wanted you to do. Um, and to represent him and to represent your family and that uh, you made good decisions that uh, made a difference in this world. And so um, I think it's so important that, that we, that we look at that as we go forward. So, um, and then we took, take a look at, you know, growing up as a man and making sure that you don't fall into the, into, into the pitfalls of, of believing the nonsense that uh, masculinity, masculinity, being strong, being courageous, being fearless is is not good, um, because those are the things that that win wars. Those are the things that uh, you know create some of the the most important inventions and processes that we've ever uh, experienced in our in our lifetimes. I mean, you just think of all the things that we have right now. This iPhone invented by men, 
Uh, that's my wife. That's obviously no. <laughs> that uh, this was invented by men. And again, I'm not trying to take away anything from women. I'm sure there were women involved, you know, in the design and the software and the the apps that are on there and that kind of stuff. And uh, but when we look at these things right now, that a a a large amount of what it is that we have in our daily life, I would say even a girdle or even Kotex or even uh, you know, what have you that, that women uh, enjoy as uh, important inventions. Men um, had a very important part in that because that's kind of, you know, the role of the man because they are the ones that were, you know, been working over the last several hundred years and decades. Um, and alongside of them are some amazing women uh, and, and walking with them or even ahead of them in, in some areas, amazing women. Uh, but there are also men there to make sure that they stay alive. There were men there that made sure that they went to war and fought for their families. And uh, in the case of, of local politics and school boards, that we have men that are in the mix. Leander Blaze is a fantastic uh, school board member here in the Placentia Revolution Unified School District, um, walking or sitting side by side with Sean Youngblood right now, who is an, a, a fantastic uh, man who is a fireman. Leander Blades, a, a police officer. So you want to balance these things out with strong, uh, courageous people. All right. So let's get to this article. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring in the five uh, things uh, that um, uh, John Hawkins talks about in, these, in this article. And the link for this article is also in the description. If we uh, go to number one right here, one of the first things it says here is feminism, feminism is now centered on getting special privilege and man-hating. Uh, old school feminism was about getting equality with men. However, when that battle was decisively won in America society, there were a lot of women who had gotten involved with the movement who still wanted the glory, pay, and prestige of fighting for women's rights. So feminism, feminism and its goals had to be redefined. Today, feminism features a lot of angry women railing against men, exaggerated or out, outright, outright false claims of inequality, like the endlessly debunked claims that there is a pay gap between men and women and increasingly trivial complaints. Feminism, feminism used, to be, used to be about things like making sure women have the right to vote, while today, as often as not, the complaints are more akin to sunglasses or being tools of the patriarchy. Oh my gosh. And uh, in there, it talks about this false idea that there's this pay gap. And, you know, I'm sure that there are in, in some ways um, a, a pay gap in, in some professions. And um, but in, in most cases, they can all be explained. In, in, in many cases, one of the things that I know for sure is when I was a police officer in the city of Anaheim, um, it was more likely that a supervisor was able to go to a man and this isn't a this isn't a slight on women at all. I'm just telling you the facts of life is that they were go to a man because, you know, we work 12 and a half hour days that they would go to a, they'd go to the group in nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10. If if, if they asked for somebody to work overtime and it was a school, a weekday where they were children were involved, the man would be more likely to say yes. And that could be bad or good uh, towards the man. But it, it, women often were the uh, the caretakers of the children. And if there was a, a woman that was, uh, uh, you know, that was on the shift, uh, more than likely. Now, there were a couple of women that would work overtime, but the man would be would almost always say yes. 
and women would be like, man, we're not quite sure. Let me see if I can call my husband, that kind of stuff. If, they, if again, when you're looking for in a hurry, hey, we have this crime scene, we have a homicide, we have a body down on the ground, we have, we have witnesses that need to be um, uh, interviewed. I, I need somebody right away to make a decision to, to stay over. It would be a man that would say, yes, <laughs> there, there would be, there, you know, <laughs> even if kids had to go to school, the man would go, I don't care. I, I, they don't need to go to school today. I need the overtime. Where women would be more likely, well, you know what? I got to go home and make, you know, lunch for my kids. And, you know, I want to make sure they get to school and that kind of stuff. And that is the role of men and women. That's just the difference between us. And so when we now we go, Andy, what does that have to do with the pay gap? Well, pay gap often has to do with that fact that men are more likely to stay over and work more hours. They are more likely um, to take on the jobs that are a little bit more heavy lifting type of jobs, which pay a little bit more quite often, that kind of stuff. So you really have to look at what does the job entail and, and how then looking at all those factors, not just simply, hey, look at this woman made this amount of money, this made this, the man made this amount of money in the same industry. Well, what does it involve? Let's, let's look deeper as to why there's this pay gap. It isn't simply always just because they're paying a man more than a woman. It has to do with the jobs that they take, the roles that they take, the more uh, likely they are to stay past and work harder and longer hours because men just simply agree to work their asses off and women want to go and work their asses off also, but it tends to be at home, not on the job. And that is just the way things happen. So if you really begin to look at all these studies and researchers and the, the fact that they are able to debunk, uh, debunk this, uh, this gap, uh, those are some of the reasons why. All right. So let's get back to the article. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to, pull this out of here. Let's see if it, yep, it stayed. I'm going to make sure and fill in this gap here. There we go. All right. Uh, number two, fewer men see themselves as capable of being masculine. We live in an age where many men don't grow up with a dad around, where they don't regularly engage in traditionally masculine endeavors and where they are obsessed with their cell phones and computer games. They can use porn, but they have trouble talking to girls. They can see themselves as a hero in a video game, but being heroic in real life seems outside of the reality. They want to be masculine, but when they look at people who fit the bill, it seems to be impossible for them. So they start looking to change what masculinity means. They endeavor to create a weaker, less demanding, more feminized version of masculinity that they can achieve if if masculinity is all about sharing your feelings, uh, opening up and avoiding doing any, anything that makes women uncomfortable, then the soy boys will finally be able to come out on top. <laughs> you know, I've been seeing this uh, so clearly um, and I'm, I'm a little bit shocked by the soft, softness of the boys that... Um, and I hope none of them are seeing this, but I'm a little bit, um, <laughs> a little bit shocked by the softness. I, I can't tell you how many times I'll shake the hands of one of my son's friends' hands, and they it is uh, you can barely feel their hand. It is just so soft and it's drab, and sometimes it's sweaty, and uh, they they don't know how to to take a grip. And I'm not asking them to crush my hand. I'm asking them to take a grip of the hand and shake a hand like a man. And I stop all the time and say, who taught you to shake? I go, what is going on? And I, and, I, and I go, listen, before, I mean, I know we're just meeting for the first time, but you know, look me in the eyes, shake my hand, 
like a man. Hold on. I, I, I don't know what's happening right now. It's, it feels like a, a reptile. And so it often starts with that. And then you begin to talk to them and say, hey, so what do you what do you do? What do you like to do? Well, I like to play, um, you know, video games. And, you know, I, I and I go, well, what kind of sports do you play? Well, I'm not really into sports. Not that sports makes a boy or a man, but uh, you, you can't get to anything very quickly that tells me that these boys are being raised to be men. Um, you can ask him, have you ever been camping? Have you ever um, uh, helped your dad change a tire? Um, have you ever, um, uh, I don't know, have you ever climbed a tree even? <laughs> and it is, it is truly shocking what is not happening with boys uh, today. Um, that uh, it, what it said in there about um, being able to um, uh, watch porn, but not talk to a girl. Um, uh, I, I've shared on another show that I do called Vote PYL Vote, um, where I'm, I've been preoccupied. So if some of you are wondering, hey, where's the Fearless Man show been lately? I, I've been busy really uh, on the show called Vote PYL Vote, where I have been um, talking a lot about teachers unions and the NEA and the CTA. The NEA is the National Educator Association. The CTA is the California Teachers Association. How they put together a website uh, for uh, teaching teachers how to teach under the radar. And they send out these um uh, you know, these teachings and these, and these articles and, and uh, are telling teachers that you need to teach something so that the parents can't see what you're teaching. And you need to do it in the darkness in the, in the, in like a, like a prostitute does. So a prostitute doesn't work out in the open. A prostitute works out in the darkness and they want teachers to learn how to do the same thing. They want to learn from prostitutes. Truly. That's what the article is called. Actually. Uh, I think it's street walkers. They call them. I forget what exactly they call them, but it's prostitutes either way. And, they have a pamphlet that they suggest that they hand out to children who um, are, uh, you know, in, in the age of, of dealing with sexual aspects. And this pamphlet is a cookbook. And one of the recipes is how to sext. And so they're literally teaching kids how to sex and they're telling them it's good. And they give them the dialogue to use to ask for the other person to send them a, a, some type of a sexy message or picture. Uh, it, 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 it is shocking. And it talks about pornography and that it's a good thing and that it's fun. And, and again, it is this idea that they are going to feminize men, that they are going to take them away from the masculine things of avoiding uh, pornography, of, of, of being um, uh, a gentleman in, in, a, in a text not sexed, but in a text or maybe even a phone call, or how about this? You talk to them face to face, that it's taking away this thing that creates men and makes them strong and, 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 and fills them with nonsense that weakens the man. Uh, pornography is one of those things that weakens the man. Um, doing everything through a text, through sexting, to having sex through a text is, is again, weakening the man as opposed to waiting until marriage or or talking to a girl as she deserves to be ta uh, talked to, to, to treat her like a princess, to treat her like she's important, not something that gets him off or makes him feel a certain way. That's not what a girl is for. That's not what a woman is for. They, they are to build a relationship and a life together. And this idea that the California Teachers Association and the National Educators Association and the, uh, and the Association of Placentia Linda educators for that matter, which is a local teachers union, thinks that this is okay, is what this article is talking about. This number two um, uh, part of this article 
is talking about is that fewer men see themselves as capable of being masculine because they've watered down what masculinity is. And there's no longer uh, uh, boys out there that know how to act like a man. So let's get to number three here. I'm going to get the sidetrack and we'll get through this. But uh, traditional men, number three here in the article says traditional men don't fit into America's victim oriented culture. Oh, my gosh, this is huge. Traditional men are taught to keep a stiff upper lip, to grin and bear it, to do what it takes to get the job done. Traditional men do the dirtiest, most dangerous, most difficult jobs, and they know better than to whine and complain about how tough they have it. Meanwhile, America has increasingly become a victim-oriented culture where every person is encouraged to endlessly cry about how tough he has it. Given what we live in, Given that we live in the strongest, most successful, most prosperous nation in the world history, the vast majority of the complaints are baseless and laughable. For example, you can make just a good, a, just as good a case that we live in a matriarchy as a patriarchy or that our society is slanted toward women rather than men. But men seldom make that case. On the other hand, there are legions of women willing to point the finger at men and claim that they have it so tough compared to guys while completely ignoring or minimizing the issues men face. In a, in a society that rewards crybabies and complainers, those who are less willing to complain pay a penalty. Oh my gosh, this is one of my uh, uh, pet peeves. My gosh, I'm just so happy uh, for, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his name already. So sorry. John Hawkins. Thank God for John Hawkins, who just made me feel better about this because I get railed against this all the time. But uh, I, I am just, I cannot stand complainers. Um, uh, if one of my kids come in and says I'm hungry or says I'm tired, I, I just laugh at them. And if they say it a second time, uh, then I, I have a word with them that, um, and, and, and I've been asked, like, why, why can't I complain? Because <laughs> you live in the United States of America, because you only went, you went to the school called, uh, you know, whatever school they're at in, the, in this district, the Placentia of Limit Unified School District, that makes them not do anything. As far as I'm concerned, it's so weak and watered down education. And I just laugh that they come back exhausted from nonsense. It, it's they're, they're battling how it is they can get on their phone and text a friend or look at their social media. Uh, and then they go on their uh, recesses and take selfies of each other when they when they have a chance to break out their phone, that this is that their day is full and they get in the car and say how tired they are, that they're exhausted. And I'll say, what what you guys do? I don't know, like, nothing, it's boring. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. How can you get in this car and complain about how tired you are and you can tell me nothing that you did in school that it was boring? Yeah, it was boring, we didn't do anything. Well, what did the teacher make you do? Ah, I, we, she read something or he read something. And, and then we just went into groups and we, all we did was we talked and we, we talked about the game last night or what have you. And, and that, okay. And so now explain to me again, how you're so tired that you got to go home and take a nap. I'm not okay. I, you need to go to the gym. You need to go and go for a hike. You need to go find some friends and you need to get together, go to the library and actually learn. Maybe when we get home, you break out a book and read it instead of taking a nap. And it, it's just, oh my gosh, it, it's one of those things that just um, 
and I may be talking all to myself here. Nobody else feels this way. But um, when I hear people say that they're they're tired and oh, and they're hungry, and I say, do you live in do you live in South Africa or wherever? Uh, whatever. Let's see, where's Ethiopia? I'm not sure where Ethiopia is. It's somewhere on the Afro Africa Peninsula or not Peninsula, but uh, it's somewhere in Africa. Um, that uh, you're and then when they say they're starving, uh, the same thing. I just say, I know you're not starving. I know you're not starving. You live in the United States of America. You cannot be starving. Well, I'm hungry. Okay, well, we're going to eat. We're going to eat in like an hour or so. I can't wait an hour. What do you mean you can't wait an hour? So these complaints, as this article says, uh, again, is that they, they feel like these things are so horrific that they don't know what it's like to be hungry. They don't know what it's like to truly be tired after putting in a long day's work where you've been um, digging a ditch or hanging from a, um, an electrical wire or, um, you know, chasing, you know, uh, bad guys for 12 and a half hours and then tell me that you're tired. Um, but uh, when they go to school or they're hanging out, uh, you know, at um, whatever, you know, event that, you know, maybe a football game or something like that, and they come home, I'm so exhausted and tired and I'm, and I'm starving, I'm hungry. You're not starving, you're not hungry, you're not tired. You have hunger pains maybe, but uh, don't worry, you're gonna eat, you're gonna go home to a house that has food in the refrigerator, food in the cupboards. You probably have uh, uh, food, in, in my case, uh, my, my kids have refrigerators in their bedrooms. Like, you got food in your bedrooms um, and you're, you're telling me, you're complaining about how hungry you are and you can't wait until you get home. My gosh, um, sorry, I went a little bit of rant there, but I just, I, my kids know better than to complain uh, when they get in the car. <laughs> do they still do it? Yes, uh, but they know not to do it more than once. They'll tell me that they're hungry maybe, or they'll tell me they're tired once, and then if, if they say they're hungry, I won't stop um, if, uh, if I have it in me to stop. So complaining uh, about how hard their life is is just not one of those things that I, I get into, but it's the first, it's their go-to. It's often the first thing they say when they get in the car. As uh, they either say they're tired, they're hungry, or something, some some type of complaint. And uh, and again, when you live in the United States of America, um, and, unless you live in uh, unless you're homeless or uh, what have you, especially if you my kids who live here in Yorba Linda, the last thing I want to hear you do is explain or uh, complain about something that you don't have because you know that you'll have it shortly, and it, it might even be in the car. Uh, so uh, stop your complaining. Okay, back to the article. I'll get off my soapbox because that's one that really irks me. Um, number four, divorce and single moms are factors. Absolutely. Um, just to be clear, I am not denigrating single mothers. There are lots of great single mothers who do everything in their power and then some to take care of the kids. There are also many women who are in the, that position because of factors outside of their control. Dad got hooked on coke, cheated constantly, beat the kids, died, et cetera, et cetera. Moreover, because we recognize the extraordinarily difficult job they have, people are hesitant to admit the obvious truth about children who grow up without father, without a father, out of fear that it may make a tough, sorry about that, may make a tough um, situation even tougher. However, the reality is that most of the behaviors will we call toxic masculinity are a result of male kids being raised without a dad around. Look at these numbers on the kids raised by single moms. 70% of gang members, high school dropouts, teen suicides, and teen substance abusers come from single mother homes. 80% of rapists motivated with displaced anger. Uh, this is from the Criminal Justice and Behavior, Volume 14 uh, in 1978. 
Uh, and then 85% of all youth sitting in prison, uh, this is Fulton County, uh, County, Georgia jail populations. And this is true in every prison, but this is taken out of the, the uh, Fulton County, Georgia uh, jail population uh, and Texas Department of Corrections. A boy is raised by just a mother, taught almost exclusively by women and has no positive masculine role model in his life. And then we blame toxic masculinity for how he turned out. Toxic femininity would be a better description of the problem. Absolutely. When I'm uh, sorry about this, I keep hitting the wrong button. Um, I, I speak at Dallas, uh, this when I have been asked to speak at different events over the last uh, year is that this is one of the main factors I bring up and why we need proper education. Number one, because unfortunately, um, what happens, it's, it's a cycle that's been built. And I, and I believe the left and the Democrats have, have, have been able to use this to assist in their goal to destroy the nuclear family. And that if they can uneducate, especially the boys that are in our schools, that it causes this need for families, especially families without a dad, to need the government in order to exist because of the cycle that begins to happen. And it's not because women are bad. It's not because mothers are not doing a good job. It's that mothers, single mothers who have one or more kids, it is difficult to do both, to be a mother and work enough to be able to maintain uh, a household that has food and, uh, and, and the necessities uh, that are required today to be able to drive to uh, the kids to school, to be able to allow them to participate in things at school, which would include sports, to be able to do that and work is not easy and raising men from these boys is just simply not gonna happen. And again, it's not because women are bad, Women are girls uh, and they don't have the masculine traits. They don't have the things that are necessary to, to, to train a boy to become a man. They just simply don't. It's just not possible. Um, they can try and there's been many successful women that have been able to do it. But quite often what you'll find in the cases where, they, where women have been able to do it, there has been some sort of mentor along the way, whether it's a, a, a male teacher uh, maybe a pastor or somebody from the church or maybe a neighbor or an uncle that, that fills in the gap that helps some of the boys that have fatherless homes to fill that gap of masculinity being taught to be a masculine man. But quite often it, it doesn't work out. If you were to look at, again, 85%, I think it was that percentage. What is it again? Um, 80%, 80, 85% of all you sitting in prison. Um, uh, didn't have a, have a father. 80% of the rapists motivated and displaced anger um, uh, don't have a man in their life. 70% of gang members um, uh, and high school dropouts, teen suicides uh, come from a single mother home. Again, this article, nor I am saying because moms are bad. It's because dads are not present is the problem uh, to help a, a man, have a boy grow up with courage to become fearless, to be strong, to not whine, to not gripe about not having, about being simply just learning not to say I'm hungry all the time or I'm tired all the time, um, to um, not sit on their butt at home on, the, on their bed, um, doing nothing, um, staring at the ceiling or playing video games all the time. Um, uh, and, and it's just simply one of those things that are necessary. And so if we are not teaching boys how to become men, to not be sexting, to not be on porn, to be on porn sites, they, you know, all day long, 
that we teach them, teach them how to be men and, and fathers and, and leaders of industry, um, then we're going to continue to have this problem and the problem is only going to get worse. All right. Um, let's see. And number five is, sorry, the contributions of traditional men are habitually ignored. The very traits that the APA, this is the one I read earlier, but let me read it again just to make sure you have it. And it says that the very traits that the APA says are so harmful, stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression are the same traits that built the entire world. If anything, saying that 98% of the great industrialists, scientists, generals, inventors, heroes, and leaders have been men with traditional masculine values is an understatement. Who created con the constitution? Who won every war uh, America has ever fought? Who put men on the moon? Who built the internet you're reading this article on? Men and traditional masculine values and that's that's the answer. Men with traditional masculine values. When you say that is unhealthy or that we don't need them anymore, uh, you are thoughtlessly discarding the engine that built almost the entirety of civilization. Oh, my gosh. So important that, uh, you know, that we we, you know, I, I was just thinking as I was reading that, I'm sorry I got distracted, but I was thinking, you know, the lack of honoring of the fact that men have built this world with great women. I, listen, this is called the man podcast and I'm going to be focusing on men. We know women have been involved. We know men, women, we can't, many men can't do this without women. We simply can't. God made man and woman to be together and we have our roles and it's, it's simply a must that we do this together. But if, if, if women cannot, can, they cannot do it all by themselves. Again, women need men <laughs> as protectors. And I know some of you women are great protectors. But I, I think part of the reason why you look at men as weak is because they are. We, there's hardly any strong men out there. There's hardly any fearless men out there. There are hardly any courageous men out there. And I understand that you've been running into a bunch of men that, are, that lack courage, uh, courage, that lack fearlessness. I understand. And there's men out there that they don't know what to do with their testosterone. They don't, don't, they don't know what to do with their masculinity. And it goes off the rails. I understand that too. We have narcissism and we have, um, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, all the other isms that probably come along with that. If you don't have a man that knows how to use his strength and his knowledge and his, um, uh, again, his courage and his fearlessness, that it can be used inappropriately because we just don't have enough men that are teaching him how to do it correctly. And this is what I'm hoping to do with this man podcast. I know right now it sounds like I'm complaining a lot, but I just see this everywhere. When I, when I, when again, when I meet up with uh, boys that, that are friends of my boys and, uh, and of, of, of the girls, um, you know, one of the, one of my girls had some boys, they, they rode their scooters over here. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously interested in the girls that were here because my daughter had a bunch of her friends over too, is that it so quickly goes into inappropriateness constantly. And it just is so frustrating. And I, and again, I ask, where are your dads? Wait, did your dad not teach you that that word is not appropriate, especially when you're in the company of another girl? And I, and I go, P.O.L., you're old fashioned. We, they use the F word all the time. They use the S word all the time. Well, who's teaching them not to do that? I, again, I tell my boys all the time, do they, do they listen? And again, I'm not telling you my kids are perfect. I, I know that I say these things and I, 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 you're, you're, you're probably saying to yourself, well, yeah, I know his son, he, did, he said this word the other day. It is, I, again, I, I, it doesn't mean that you don't teach them. I, I hear this excuse all the time. Well, they, you, yeah, of course, they do this all the time when you're not around. Well, what, what, does that mean I give up? 
Does that mean that I stop telling them to be the light? That I tell them to stop being different from your friends? I tell them all the time, be different from your friends. Be the one who doesn't cuss. Be the one that asks a, a, one of the girls that, that, that you're walking with if you can carry their books for them or their backpack. Be the one that asks. Be the one that says to somebody else, hey, you know what? You're doing a great job today. Or, wow, you, you're so smart. Or you're amazing. Be the one that does that. And that they could go all day. They could go all week or all month and not do any of the things I say. But it doesn't mean I stop telling them that. Uh, another thing I get uh, kind of um, in hot water with is that I don't like any words that are bad. I, uh, crap, I know to you, to many people, they think, well, that's not a bad word. It is a bad word. It's a bad word in my vocabulary. Where is the line? So I tell my kids, crap is a bad word. Saying damn is a bad word. Saying GD, which is gosh, you know, you know, using God's name in vain. All those are bad and not allowed. I do not want you saying those. When they say damn in front of me, they catch themselves like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, dad. Do I know that they are using those away from here? Probably. I would like to continue fighting, fighting with them about this. Because some people say, well, I don't want to fight with my kids about, I'll let them say, you know, I choose my battles. Well, why not choose that battle? Why not choose that one to start with? <laughs> I don't understand. It doesn't make, it doesn't take any more breath for me to say to them, hey, listen, I do not want you talking that way in my house in front of me, or even when you're away from here. I want you to be the one that people say, how come I never hear you cuss? And, and look at you, look at you with astonishment and say, wow, that must be hard. It's not hard. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it is hard because I have trouble myself, right? I, I know that I have trouble, but it's, it's not hard to think that way. It's, 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 it's easier to to just be like everybody else. It's easier to be foul. It's easier to, to use words that don't honor God, right? It is easier, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Uh, the, the great pastor Jack Hibbs over at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills told, told a story that um, he was with a bunch of cops and they were out shooting, I, I believe is what they were doing. And one, one man he noticed, um, didn't cuss like the others. The others, they just, it just came out of their mouth. Like it was, it was their, it was, how, it was the same as them breathing in to say their next sentence, to use an, an F word or an S word or whatever word. And, but he goes, I noticed that he goes, I noticed one guy, he never did. And uh, Jack said, he walked up to the man and said, uh, are you Christian? And he said, yes. He goes, I knew it. He goes, I, because I noticed you right away. You were the one man here besides himself uh, I believe is the story. Again, I could have it wrong, but the story essentially was about this one man who was a Navy SEAL. Who's tougher than a Navy SEAL? No one. <laughs> no one's tougher. Who's stronger? Who's more fearless? Who's more courageous than a Navy SEAL? No one. And this fearless, courageous, strong man who needs to be honored and saluted is the one man in a group of men who stood out because he simply did not use foul language. And I talk to my sons about this all the time. Be that man. My goal is that my boys grow up to be that man. That they will help a girl who's carrying too many things. Or maybe just one thing. And say, let me carry that for you. Let me carry your purse for you. Because it looks heavy. Let me, um, uh, let me, go, let me get the door for you. Let me give you a hand up. Because uh, there's stairs. I don't want you to trip and fall. I want you to be that man. 
And then I want you to go out and fight a battle. I want you to stand in the gap. I want you to, to, to stand between a woman and, and some danger that she may be approaching. I want my sons to be that man that, um, that, that, that takes a job that works hard and then comes home and asks, what else can I do? It works hard all day. It doesn't come home and say, I'm tired. I'm hungry. They come home and they say, oh, I noticed this needs to be done. And they, and they do it. I, know, I noticed that uh, you need help with this one thing. Let me help you with that thing. That's what I want my boys to grow up. And I want my, my girls to grow up knowing what a man looks like. Know what type of man to look for that will lead her and her family in life to be a God-honoring man that uh, wants to get married once, that wants to wait for sex until they get married, that wants to um, uh, just be there for every um, special event and to know when to work hard and when not to be at work and when to be home with their family. I want my kids to grow up and to be that man. I want my, my girls to grow up to be that girl, that woman who looks for the right man that's gonna take care of them. There are two uh, bits of scripture I wanna bring up before uh, we leave here. And um, one of them that's in the book that I shared with you uh, that says, take it back. Oh, I was going to, I'm so sorry. There's one more thing I got to read. <laughs> sorry. Some of you are thinking, oh, I, I can leave now. No, one more thing. Uh, at the back of every one of these chapters, there's um, some questions um, that um, the author, uh, again, authors, Dr. Tim Clinton and Max Davis uh, ask first. So let me ask you those questions. As a man, do you personally feel you matter or do you feel that you really don't matter? explain. So find a piece of paper, maybe on your phone, um, uh, answer that question. Uh, do you feel that you really don't matter? And explain. The next question is, what are some specific roles, both big and small, you play that make a difference in those around you? The next one is, what does being a good man mean to you? Do you see yourself as a good man? And then the last one is, Oh, no. Uh, second to last one is the Bible says that none of us is good. We all have a sin nature and fall short of God's perfect standard. How do you reconcile being a good man with God's word? That's a good one. And then the last one, what is a good man in God's eyes? All right. So there's that. And then the scripture I want to read to you is um, uh, the first one that's in the book. It's, uh, it's Ephesians. To eight, eight that says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. That is awesome. Ephesians 2, 8. And then the next one, uh, really quick here, is Deuteronomy 3, uh, 31, 6. That says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Such an important bit of scripture there. Deuteronomy 31.6. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I got a comment on it. Hey, David Everett, nice to see you. And uh, yeah, we have to go to lunch. <laughs> Dang it. David, we got to find time. Dude, uh, uh, as you, I'm sure, have been so busy. David's one of my neighbors from my old neighborhood. Um, and um, and these are one of the things you have to do once in a while. You have to you have to connect with men and be with men. And I have been. I it's this has uh, obviously been my fault that I just have been uh, crazy since I got married, um, moved away from the neighborhood, and uh, have been busy with the kids and all these darn shows that we do. Uh, but uh, David and I have to get together. 
All right. Uh, I got a, a reporter that uh, called just before I went on that wants to talk about the school board. So I'm um, uh, going to take that phone call. You have to have even courage to talk to a reporter these days. You have to have courage to, uh, to be fearless because you never know what they're going to ask you. And you have to make sure that when you um, when you answer the question that you're honoring God and so uh, and uh, honoring your family, because it'll be seen by a whole number of people. Uh, I, I know for sure uh, the involvement that I have in the community and the school boards and that kind of thing that uh, my kids are potential targets for those people that don't believe in what it is we're doing and what it is we believe in. And so I, I tell them all the time, I said, listen, um, you, you may be under attack, but when you're going to speak to a reporter, this is, happens to be with the Orange County Register, um, uh, this will be one of those things I have to tell the kids. So uh, pray for me as I get interviewed uh, by the Orange County Register. Not sure what we're going to be talking about, but I'm sure it has to do with uh, you know, some of the things that are going on with this election coming up. All right. So uh, with that, oh, David Everett says uh, that would make, oops, well, why is this not working? All of a sudden my clicker stopped working, but he wrote, if you, if I could click on it, there we go. There it was. There we go. Um, that would make me feel manly. <laughs> Very good. I'll sock you in the arm. And Amy Felt says, great topics, uh, topic. Thank you, Amy. I really do appreciate that. All right. Sorry, I got a little long-winded on some of those things, but man, I have those pet peeves that you, you, I'm sure you, all of you men, and including Amy, who's a woman, uh, I know what a woman is, and I'm not a biologist, um, that um, you have your pet peeves. But, um, but I'm so happy uh, that the author uh, in this article uh, <laughs> felt the same way, I, I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing because he wrote it in his article, John Hawkins, uh, about uh, complaining. Stop complaining. Don't complain. Men, that's, if that's the one thing you can do is don't complain that you're tired, that you're hungry. Um, just be a man. Take it like a man. All right, my friends. <laughs> Love you guys. God bless. And I will see you on the next one. Take care. Bye.